0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: Hi there, it's Laura Wasser. And if anyone knows how much divorce sucks, it's me. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces. Creating peace in families is how I lost my voice. From the top of the food chain all the way down to my very first case, which was my own divorce when I was 25. I wrote the book on divorce. Or, I wrote a book on divorce. It's called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way How to Divorce Without Destroying Your Family or Bankrupting Yourself. That book became a bestseller because it presented another option for ending a marriage, one that doesn't necessarily include lawyers, and one that leaves more money in both parties' bank accounts and less animosity in their hearts. We created It's Over Easy, the one stop breakup divorce resource online with the same principles in mind. So, welcome to the Divorce Sucks podcast where we talk about breaking up, getting divorced, and moving on. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Welcome to the Divorce Sucks Podcast. I'm Laura Wasser. I'm Johnny Rains. And this is the part of the Divorce Sucks Podcast where we do what's called the Sunny Side Up Report. Good morning. (laughs) I think Johnny made this up just so that he could say... Good morning. (laughs) Anyway, when in the sunny side of <laughs> the we discuss all the things that we have found as we cull the internet for happy stories yes. about people splitting up and moving on.
0: Happy stories about unhappy times. There
1: you go. So this is my favorite one of the week. It yes. comes to us from Elite Daily, Corey Lane. A Texas woman blew up her wedding dress at her divorce party, as one does. <laughs> a divorce party? Yeah, so Johnny and I have discussed this. I'm, I've been a divorce lawyer for 25 years years. I'm not a huge fan of the divorce party. There's something that just seems unseemly about it. Mm. I am a huge fan of community and support and getting together. But this takes it to a whole new level. (laughs) And I got to give this lady some props. She's from Texas. Of course. And she blew up her wedding dress. So it says everything really is bigger in Texas. Trust me. I'm a born and raised a Texan. Our food services are huge. (laughs) Our weddings are extravagant. And our divorce (laughs) parties are epic. <laughs> By the way, it's over easy. Coming to Texas very soon. Anyway, so this woman blew up her wedding dress to celebrate her divorce. Yeah. And it says
0: that she had some neighbor who put explosives, helped her to put the explosives on the dress. Right.
1: Her name is Carla Santalben Newport. Oh, no, sorry. Her sister posted this. It's Santelben Steitler. I guess right. they even have big last names. Um, <laughs> they weighed the dress down with 20 pounds of explosive tannerite, And the new Miz hit the dress on her first try and it immediately went up in flames. Wait, she shot
0: it with a gun, right? Yes. Unbelievable. Okay, this
1: is just <laughs> there's so much that's wrong about this story. But I do like it. In, in, in any event, um, then it went viral. Yeah. The Independent reported it. She was on the Today Show. And. Santelman Newport said we have a friend who is a bomb tech and he kept saying that's really a lot like five different times when we told him our plan <laughs> my dad and husband set the dress up at a hundred yards from the barn on our family farm everyone was worried it was too close so they moved it out another hundred yards so
0: Wait a minute. Yeah. She has another husband?
1: No, no, no. This is the sister. The okay. sister okay. was saying this. Got so, it. And she said, um, uh, she explained that her reasoning behind blowing up her dress was important. Quote, yeah. I wanted to remove all things from our marriage from our house, she said for the newspaper. <laughs> Here's a little <laughs> tip. You could have <laughs> just given it to Goodwill. <laughs> Photos in the attic, ring in the safe, but probably going to sell it. And the dress I wanted to burn. I had a lot of advice and suggestions from friends and family, like donating it for premature babies and baptism gowns. Goodwill, like you said. Uh-huh. However, to me, the dress represented a lie, and yep. I wanted to have a divorce party to burn the dress.
0: Okay. And, each. I mean, she's from Page News.
1: Okay, to each their own. Yeah. You know, I got to take, take a page from
0: her book. If I get married and it doesn't work out, you I will, mean, you well, are if I get married again, if it doesn't work out, I could always blow up the dress.
1: But you won't wear a dress. No. No, no, no.
0: And I'm not getting divorced. Okay. So let's move deeper into the South from Texas to Atlanta. Uh, This is on the AJC.com website. Did you know nine of 14 Real Housewives of Atlanta regulars over the years have had divorces? Don't care. (laughs) Now, you say that, but I know that you're very interested to know that four of the women have gone through divorces while shooting the show. They include Portia Williams, NeNe Leakes, who remarried the same man, Phaedra Parks and Cynthia Bailey. At the same time, five of them have gotten married while on the show. That's Ava, Marcel Nini, who we just talked about, Candy Burris, who met her man thanks to the show, Kenya Moore, and Kim Zolciak. It's fascinating to me that this show and the whole franchise is based on housewives, and so many of them are not even married.
1: Right. Yeah, well, and there you have it. This is, this is
0: a riveting story. This
1: article <laughs> this article came to us from The Guardian. Yes. From ghosting to oversharing, the new rules of breakups. And I thought this was interesting because we had just posted something on our It's Over Easy Insights blog. Social media and divorce. Five reasons social media is not your friend. So this kind of expands to any breakups. And um, in this article by Siren Kale, he or she speaks with a counselor for relationships who says, if the breakup was not your choice, i.e. you were dumped, right. they suggest a temporary holiday from social media. If you're seeing other people happy or your partner moving on, that can be very distressing, he says. But if you feel strong enough to venture online, Facebook lets you unfollow your ex so that their content doesn't come up on your newsfeed. This allows you to create some distance without the finality of unfriending, which removes them from your social media profile entirely. Mm. So now we have like new rules that we never had to have before in this world of online dating and online breaking up.
0: Get with the program, people. It's 2018, soon to be 2019.
1: Should you post about your breakup in the immediate aftermath? Nope. Nope. First start, it's self-indulgent. Oh, God, we wouldn't (laughs) want you to be self-indulgent. And there's something quite narcissistic in thinking that the world cares, which is pretty much facebook all over isn't it
0: it's part of the selfie culture is what what you mean and you know prudence henschke who wrote on our blog the article you were referring to social media and divorce five reasons social media is not your friend she writes about another terrible thing that happens with social media is this thing called comparisonitis where you compare your appearance to the way your friends look or you compare like your surroundings to what you see in the images right which is
1: crazy Okay, I have just a couple more because I really, this is important. How quickly should you change your Facebook status?
0: I don't think you should change it until you are well over the person you just dumped. I see. Or got dumped by.
1: Okay, and how about changing your Netflix password? Mm, Yeah, I think you should
0: do that right away.
1: As the relationship has ended, so has everything else. So just change the password as soon as you're able to. It's also about being realistic. The relationship has ended so everything else that goes with it has also ended. Find a new show, (laughs) move on.
0: (laughs) Or just don't watch television. How about that?
1: (laughs) And definitely do check out our our insights blog on itsovereasy.com. Our new article that we have up, Social Media and Divorce, Five Reasons Social Media is Not Your Friend by Prudence Henschke. She's
0: a divorce coach in Australia who follows us on Instagram. She's really dynamic. I, I think this is a great article and she's writing something else for us.
1: Cool. Dear Prudence.
0: That is the Sunny Side Up Report.
1: How was your Thanksgiving, everybody? Cold? Were you sitting by the fire? If you need to get a present. Get it for yourself, particularly if you're listening to the Divorce Sucks podcast. Who else has tried FabFitFun? If you don't already know about it, it's a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. The box retails for $49.99 but always has a value of over $200. Use coupon code DIVORCE for another $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. The winter box is available now, so sign up before they sell out. You will not want to miss this box. It's like Christmas every time it arrives. There's skincare from Glam Glow, Kate Summerville, Dr. Brandt, Anthropology and Juice Beauty, fashion items from Vince Camuto, Bear Paw, Free People, Michael Stars, Trina Turk and Millie, beauty products from Tarte, Moroccan oils, CHI or CHI, Beauty Blender, Oscar Blondie and Zoe. Absolutely delicious, they had these over the knee socks and this deliciously yummy soft blanket, and that's just the beginning. The winter box is amazing. Don't miss out because they sell out fast. Order one today. Use our coupon code DIVORCE for ten dollars off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com and put in divorce. It'll be thirty nine ninety nine instead of forty nine ninety nine for over two hundred dollar value worth of products. If you're listening to the Divorce Sucks podcast, you definitely deserve it divorce sucks today is about moving on after a breakup and dating after divorce the very idea of dating after the end of an intense relationship may be the furthest thing from your mind but time heals and the best thing about getting divorced is that you have the opportunity to start over make new choices and create new chapters To help us see all the possibilities of what life after divorce looks like, I'm excited to introduce you to Reality TV's sweetheart from Bravo TV's Vanderpump Rules, the star of 2018 Vegas production of the Broadway smash hit, Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man, and the hostess of Shenanigans, here on Podcast One, Miss Sheena Shea.
2: Hi. Welcome to Divorce Sucks, Sheena. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So
1: let me ask you a question because we're kind of new at this. Okay. What was the first thing that you thought when somebody reached out to you and said, Hey, Sheena, do you want to do the Divorce Sucks podcast?
2: I thought, hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's been a couple years. So it's like the hurt and all of that has gone away. The anger has gone. So now I can talk about it and make jokes. And him and I are actually on good terms. Good. Took a couple years to get there, but yeah.
1: So, you had a pretty public divorce a couple years ago from Mike Shea, mm-hmm. and it was a major storyline on Vanderpump Rules, and the story got tons of play online. And I know how a divorce can be, for some people, super intense. Tell us what it was like for you to go through it with so many people watching.
2: For me, I just kept thinking if this situation can help one person, then I'm doing my job. I mean, my job is literally to put 100 percent of my life out there and to not hold back. And although I was going through something terrible at the time, I knew that, you know, thousands of women across the world are going through the same thing at the same time. So I just thought sharing my story and what led to the Divorce was something that could hopefully help people, and that made it easier to get through.
1: And I, I mean, I watched a couple of clips from that to prepare for today. That yeah. it, it was pretty intense. I yeah, mean, yeah, and the
2: music they used. I was like, <laughs> geez, guys!" It was like watching an episode from The Hills, but not scripted. <laughs> so
1: tell, I mean, again, some of our listeners may not exactly know Vanderpump Rules storyline. Mm-hmm. Give us overview of the, the entire show.
2: So um, season seven is about to air um, in one week on December 3rd, but uh, leading up to it, I started the show dating. Season two got engaged. Season three got married. Season four dealt with my husband's addiction problem and him texting another woman. Season five got divorced. Season six was in a new relationship. Season seven, I am single. So It's it's literally uh, every bit of my life.
1: And... I often advise people to have tough conversations before they get married, conversations about money, among other things. They're not sexy, but they can give each party some clarity and enable you to enter into the marriage with a better understanding of each other and what's important. Did you and Mike have these kind of conversations? Did you have a prenup? What was discussed between the two of you pre-marriage, if anything? Because it seemed pretty whirlwind, romantic, amazing. Yeah.
2: Even as crazy as it sounds, I think I'm still... Even making more money now, anti-prenups, I think if you're going to marry someone, you go into that with the faith that it's going to work out. And if it doesn't, you figure it out then. So going into this, I didn't want to have a preconceived notion of it just in case it doesn't work out. Like, here's the insurance on our marriage. I trusted him 100% that if things didn't work out, he wouldn't come after me and vice versa. It so happened that I was the breadwinner at the time of the divorce and It was something that going into it, we just agreed that what's mine is yours and yours is mine. We had joint accounts and that became an issue because... I remember
1: that one. There was a lot of money missing from the account one time and that was kind of a red flag. Yeah,
2: there were like a lot of Amazon purchases and shoes he was buying. And he was just swiping the Amex like it was going out of style and... I kept just, you know, I'd work a little harder. I'm just like, no, it's fine. It's fine because I'm a person where I'm a people pleaser and I want the person I'm with to be happy. And if, you know, buying excessive amounts of shoes was making him happy, then I was just like, okay, it's fine. Like, whatever, you know, I'm making more than he is. We're both on the show together, but I'm the one making the money and he wasn't at the time. So going into it, we just, you know, we're just very open about it. Everything split and um the divorce with the settlement that was something we agreed on together in one of our accounts there was a hundred thousand I said how about we just split this evenly and go our separate ways and he agreed
1: okay I mean you got lucky yeah he didn't ask for any spousal support no and you guys had no kids no okay
2: didn't own any property or anything together. So it made it quite easy, just one check. And I mean, it was the hardest check I've ever had to write in my entire <laughs> life. But um, I had my business manager do that for me because I didn't want to sign it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just it seemed like at the time he was just like, you know, like he contributed a huge part to my storyline. And I was the one, you know, reaping the benefits of that, and he wasn't. So I agreed that that was a good amount that was even. I'm like, I can't give you everything. But at that time, I would have given him everything just to get out of it because I – when I knew I was done, I was just done and anything to get it done quicker – I would have done. Now, does it change, did that
1: relationship, Sheena, change your feelings about being the breadwinner with somebody who's not necessarily, these are my words, not hers, pulling their weight? I mean, as a woman, being the person who makes the money, being the person, I know you're a people pleaser, and I'm sure that what you say is true, that you want to please the other person, but isn't there some resentment built into that, and has that changed the way you look at a relationship when you date? Does the guy have to have a job? Does he have to be, like, already not having roommates? I mean, where, your age and stage, how Are you feeling about that?
2: Um, I mean, the roommates—it's not ideal, but you know, depending on the guy's age, like that's not going to be a deal breaker. Okay. Um, I think... Futons? The-
1: sleeping on futons? <laughs> y- yes or no? I mean,
2: you know, I've gotten past, like, bed frames. Like, if there's a mattress and a broom... she's it's good. It's
1: Climb fine. on. Okay. I'm I like not, it. I'm
2: not that high maintenance. <laughs> I think the majority of guys I've dated this year have had roommates and no bed frames. But it's fine. I don't mind being the breadwinner because... I'm a very independent person, and I don't—I've actually never dated someone who's made more money than me, so I don't know what that's like. So maybe I would like that. I don't know. But as long as it's not being taken advantage of, I don't mind. And as long as it's not emasculating the guy and he doesn't mind, then, you know, I think it is
1: what it is. Do you think Mike might have been emasculated? Do you think that might have played—not by you, but by the circumstances? Do you think that might have played into some of the drug issues?
2: Um, I think he already had his issues going into the marriage. I just didn't find out about it until after, but I'm sure the further we got into our relationship and the more the show covered it, I don't think that helped, but I don't think it was the cause of it.
1: Got it. I'm not sure that human beings were meant to mate for life or be monogamous. For me, the aspect of marriage is a little troubling because it's the contract that's governed by the state, and I don't want the state to have control over my personal affairs. But if you were to marry again, what did you learn from what I'll call your starter marriage?
2: (laughs) I like that. Um, I actually bought that book, and I still haven't read it.
1: The Starter Wife? The
2: Starter Marriage or whatever, yeah. Um, I think, I mean— I don't know, because I still do have that feeling where I I want to go into it again. If I do choose to get married again, I'm not sure. It would have to really, really be the right person. But I would want to go into that again still with an open heart and mind and not be like, you know, this is mine if we get divorced. Like, I watch so many reality shows where they have these awkward scenes filming prenups. And it's just like, I think it just puts a bad taste in your mouth going into the marriage because it's like... Yeah, you have that security, but at the same time, it's just, I don't know. I just, I'm not, everyone disagrees with me, but I just, I still want to just believe that if I'm going to marry someone, they're not going to come after me one day. Because if I have that doubt, then I probably shouldn't be married.
1: Well, them. I, look, I was once horribly misquoted saying I would never marry anyone I couldn't divorce easily and people took that the wrong way they're like that's a horrible thing to say but I think we're saying the same thing which is I wouldn't want to enter into a marriage with somebody that I I was worried was going to turn into a different person or turn on me if we split up I'd want to know that he was like Mike and he was like listen this is what we agreed on let's go our separate ways we both work to make this hundred that's in the account we'll do that but I can support myself and you can support yourself and have a nice life absolutely absolutely how is it speaking of that for you really having every, I mean I know a lot of the stuff that happens on Bravo and on these reality shows is it's not scripted but you know what's going to happen how
2: not always
1: how, right well how you do you know what's going to happen though most of the time don't you
2: I mean I, mean, I know, know I, know I have seen. a call time to have lunch I don't right. know what's going to happen at lunch okay. I don't know what conversation's going to be brought up or What's going to happen walking into that scene?
1: And how much of the stuff that's, that is airs do we, the viewers, kind of miss out on? Are we missing things behind the scenes? Do people get an an unreal perception of what's going on with you?
2: I mean, people have to remember that although it's not scripted, it is edited and produced. Right. So, you know, if we have a lunch scene, that's probably going to be a hour and a half to two and a half hour scene that we're filming. You're going to see five minutes of it. Right. So you're seeing bits and pieces of a way longer conversation, which I feel people forget about. They think like those five minutes is everything. And it's frustrating because sometimes they'll ask me a question and I'll give an answer. But then it's like part of the answer doesn't make it on. And then it's like. Things can get twisted and convoluted very easily.
1: When they're taken out of context. Yes. But do you have a certain amount of control as to how that goes down? Zero. Oh. Well, that's comforting (laughs) for you. (laughs) I mean, dating on television seems so glamorous from our eyes. Dates on hot air balloons, limousine rides, red carpet events. What's it really like getting to know somebody and sharing your first kiss or something more intimate with them when you're kind of mic'd and the cameras are rolling? I, I know you had a life before this, so... How is it just having all of our eyes, so to speak, on you at all times?
2: Well, up until this past season, which hasn't aired yet, I was in a relationship the entire time. So it wasn't... Awkward, because this was the person I was dating. So there was no, like, awkward first, like, conversation or first kiss, but... But season seven, guys. Season seven. (laughs) December 3rd. I went on quite a few dates, and I just noticed last night I'm at home watching Real Housewives of New Jersey. And it's a commercial, and I hear Stassi's voice, and I look up, and I was like, oh, it's a preview for Vanderpump Rules. And I see myself kissing who I think is one person, but I realized... On my 70-inch TV is another person. Oh, dear. When I saw it on my phone, (laughs) like, one of the guys texted me, he goes, is this us? And I was like, yeah, duh, who else would it be? And then, like, two weeks later, tonight, or last night, I see it on my TV, and I was like, oh, that wasn't him. I forgot I did kiss that guy on that date. Yikes. Yeah, so it was, it was, but also, this is someone who I've known for a long time, so as much as it was like our first date and on camera, right. it wasn't awkward because we already like had traveled together right. and been out several times off camera. So okay. it made it easier.
1: That that's good.
2: <laughs> but I will say towards the end of the season there was another date I went on and that was it was something different that I've never done on the show and I was like, "Wow, this is what it feels like to be the bachelorette." Just yes. like dead silence, cameras you're awkward. making. Awkward. So awkward.
1: Okay, so yes, I'm going to, Johnny, we're going to have to turn that down that offer for me to do reality television (laughs) dating. Now that I've heard this, I'm out, okay? It's called the the old, the old,
2: (laughs) the old single lady of (laughs) Beverly Hills. Like, (laughs) as much as you can just be like, oh, I just am pretending like the cameras are flies on the wall. Like, if you're in an intimate moment with someone, which I didn't... Really, really experienced until this season, and you have a mic pack stuck to your lower back. It's so <laughs> awkward. Like they're literally lighting my bedroom, and I'm like, "Why are you lighting my bedroom? We're cooking dinner in right. the kitchen." But
1: it's porn. I love it, it.
2: It ended in the bedroom.
1: <laughs> I represented people from artists to actors, reality stars, but I don't participate in any of the filming because that would mean waving my client's right to what we call the attorney-client privilege. Right. It's like literally airtight. Yes. and we can't. I can't ever talk or go online or any of those things with it's over easy i wanted to create a community where people have a free flow of information come to share their breakup stories and their favorite resources that help them get through a breakup or a divorce tell our listeners sheena some of the things that might have helped you get through that time whether it was like a great massage or time with friends
2: definitely time with friends traveling and spa days Spa days are my favorite. But the only problem with that is when you're in a massage, your mind just goes crazy. Like, I can't really shut it off. So some, like, CBD edibles definitely helped with that. Okay. But um, I will say, I've said this a million times, my friend Kristen Doty, who's also on Vanderpump Rules, she is one of the people who really got me out of the funk after getting divorced. I had lost, like, 10 pounds. I was eating, but it just – it wasn't going anywhere. That's
1: because your metabolism is racing with, like, the panic. Yeah. And she
2: literally – she came over one day. I had, like, all the blinds closed. It was just, like, the darkest it could be in on the sunniest Like the studio? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And she went grocery shopping for me. She got all of my favorite things, got me a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc, a bottle of Tito's, magazines, like, everything. And she was like, pick a drink read this magazine, eat some food, get your ass off the couch, you're skinny, you don't have an ass anymore, and just, like, put me in my place. And I was like, okay, yeah, what am I doing? Like, I'm not going to let you, like, ruin me. Right. And so um, that definitely helped. And then, you know, my girls' nights. And then I, I really did get into a relationship way too quickly. So it was like I had that, like, month and a half of, like, sobbing and girls' stuff. And I took a few trips and... Other than that, I just got in a relationship right away and I kind of pretended like the divorce didn't happen, like it wasn't really bothering me. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm so happy. I'm the happiest I've ever been. And at the time... I felt that way because I was telling myself I felt that way. In hindsight, which is 2020, I see now that I moved on way too quickly. And everyone was telling me that. But I'm like, I need to realize this for myself. Right. So you can say this all day long, but I'm not going to listen to you until I see it for myself. And
1: We have a lot of people that tell us that. James Jane yeah. Moore said that. Chelsea Handler said that. Like, that they went on kind of without that grieving process. Yeah. And it didn't hit them until, like, after the next relationship or two that <gasps> – Holy shit, I hadn't ever really properly healed from that.
2: Exactly. So then when my ex-boyfriend and I broke up, that was when I felt like that was my first heartbreak like truly of my life. I was like, even the divorce didn't break my heart. But what I realized was it wasn't Rob that broke my heart. It was then dealing with both of them at the same time that just— Crushed me
1: and how you felt about you because we can't help sometimes. We feel like, oh, it's me. I f***ed it up. I'm a failure. Yeah. I can't maintain a relationship. Other people start saying that too. Look, she did it again. This, this didn't. One didn't work either.
2: I blamed the show, not myself. Oh, I was okay. just like, I don't oh, have a show
1: to blame. Yeah, so. I mean, this, it was divorce like divorce sex Podcast is the <laughs> bane of my relationship existence. <laughs>
2: it was there was a rumor made up about my ex boyfriend, and I blamed the girls, and then I blamed the show, and I just I blamed everything I could, other than. Blaming him for not being man enough to just deal with a stupid rumor and to move on from it. Like, he let one tiny rumor ruin our entire relationship. This is, this this is, is Rob Belletta? Yeah. This is
1: season six? This is
2: season six. And what was the rumor? That he kissed a hostess at Toca Madera one night. Oh, my goodness. Like. a scandal. I, when I heard that, I laughed. And I'm like, yeah, okay, like. Rob doesn't kiss me, you think he's going to go and kiss a hostess? Like, he's just a, he was a very weird person who didn't like saying I love you a lot, didn't like kissing, never wanted to make out, like, was terrified of intimacy, and so when this rumor came about, like, I laughed it off because I know him, I've known him for 12 years, but when I told him about it, he just literally, like, I heard him over the phone just shut down, Right. and it was just never the same. And I'm like, a real man, I would think, would be like, you know what? Screw those girls. Like, I'm not going to let this tear us apart. We're stronger than this. But no, he let that ruin our relationship and then stayed with me all summer knowing he didn't want to do the show but said he did it. Basically, it was like out of pity. Like, he was like, what do not want to have to deal with a breakup storyline again? So I'm like, so you stayed with me when you didn't want to because you didn't want me to deal with the reality. So you just waited until we were done, and that didn't make it any easier. I would have much rather him been like, you know what? I'm sorry, I can't do this, and then dealt with it on the show instead of right. dealing with it after.
1: Where's Where's Rob now? He's probably home listening. Hi, um, Rob. Probably. Okay. He's,
2: he's probably still trying to do podcasts. Take you back on my shit. <laughs> Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around
1: at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute.
0: Podcast One is your one-stop shop for everything TV and pop culture. A very candid, not even supposed to be on the record conversation. Check out any of the Collider Network podcasts like TV Talk, Movie Talk, Collider Live, and more. And for you reality TV fans, Rob's sister Nino's got you covered with Rob has a podcast.
2: This is a podcast about nothing. (laughs) You
0: literally have a podcast about nothing. Check out the Collider Network and Rob has a podcast every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: You're listening to Divorce Sucks. I'm Laura Wasser, and here's some of the very best advice I could ever tell you. Once you decide to embark upon the separation or divorce process, it's very important to remember three key things. Be kind. Be reasonable. Be brief. Remember that this person will no longer be your spouse, for he or she will continue to be your co-parent if you have kids, family member, and perhaps a business partner in certain assets or entities. My guest today is Sheena Marie Shea. She's an actress, host, and star of the hit Bravo series Vanderpump Rules. Season 7 premieres December 3rd. Earlier this year, Sheena took over the headlining role in Las Vegas' Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man, playing at the Paris Hotel and Casino. Sheena is the host of Podcast One's Shenanigans, a weekly show with new episodes every Tuesday. Sheena is also known for her roles on hit TV shows such as Greek, Jonas, 90210, Victorious, and The Hills. Her Instagram followers are 1 million plus. Getting back to like the healing, because we believe that mind and body wellness are super important, not only after a breakup, but we've got to keep ourselves strong before, during, after the end. And it looks like you've done that yes. on the index that it's over easy, which is a provider directory of people, places, and services curated with the specific needs of folks going through a breakup or if they have it in mind. Sometimes it's our friends, like you said. Sometimes an early morning run that we need to take our minds off, our own reality, Tell us what you did. I mean, I love. I'm now thinking of putting together like a box that has like magazines, some Sauvignon Blanc, some Tito's, and some Cheetos or whatever else, and then like having it delivered to people's homes. What else really worked for you? You said you went on a couple trips. I mean, what did you really? How did you treat yourself? Is it special candles? Is it?
2: Um, nothing really like that. I put a lot of time into my fitness. I upped it with my trainer and started working out even more. What but do you do?
1: What's your what's your fitness regime?
2: More heavy weights than cardio because I am a thin person so I just try and build muscle. I'm not really trying to lose weight like I was a few years ago. So we do a lot of weight training, TRX and a lot of that kind of stuff like bands and all of that. Are
1: you a gym person? Does this happen in the gym well, or do I'm, you have a gym? Yeah,
2: I have to go straight to the gym after hence why I'm in my gym clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah working out, you know, it releases those endorphins uh-huh. and that definitely helps. Helped, but I just – I went out of town a lot because going out of town, I was meeting new people, having new experiences, seeing new places. And it really just took my mind away from the breakup or the divorce and just dealing with, again, both of those at what felt like the same time. Got so it. So one of my girlfriends and um, her boyfriend are actually now happily engaged. But at the time, they weren't together. So we went to Atlanta we went back home uh to her hometown to Kentucky we went to San Francisco like we did Vegas like we just did all of these little mini trips on the weekends and that just really helped both of us get back into a better place and then they ended up working things out they're engaged they're getting married next year see
1: folks you need to get out of town yeah and say everything absence makes the heart grow fonder exactly what what's the difference dating in different kind of metropolitan cities like when you're not dating but like picking up guys like I have a friend that moved from LA to Austin because she said in LA she couldn't find a guy to buy her a drink at a bar and she's very attractive uh-huh. and she's like that's just not how it works here in LA in Austin I'm alone at a bar or with a girlfriend at a bar and it's like just guys like can we buy her a drink and buy her a shot they're sending stuff over what have you noticed what did you just notice on that last jaunt like Kentucky all these places that you went what did you see and again I know it, you come to it a little differently because people probably know who yeah, you are
2: right so yeah I I have always been a little hesitant with dating because I'm like, well, why do you want to date me? Do you want to date me because you know who I am? Because you want to get on the show? Because you're genuinely interested in me? And I've asked myself that a lot this year as I've been single. And I really... Try
1: try being a divorce lawyer (laughs) dating.
2: (laughs) I can imagine. Why are you running away? Right? (laughs) (laughs) I really just didn't... Date, unless it was like a friend of a friend or someone like I'm very anti dating apps. There will be no swiping right or left. Okay. Because I think that that is just such a superficial way to meet someone. It is literally only based off looks and whatever song is on their Raya profile. Right. Like, I'm just very against that. And also, are you swiping right? Because you're like, oh, shit, this girl's on TV. Like, maybe I can get on TV. And, like, people think you get on our show and you just, like, are rich and make money. And it's like, it's not how it works. You have to put your time in. Right. So when we'd go on these trips, like, I mean, I would flirt and I would have fun. and But it was pretty much every city I went to, there was either someone I wanted to see who I was interested in. Or it was just girl time. And if a guy bought me a drink when I was out, cool. But I'm not one to, like... have conversations with the random guy at a bar like i just get so annoyed by guys coming up to bars and hitting on me the other night at tom tom one of uh, my girlfriends is a bartender there and she texted me from across the bar. She's like, Oh my God, question of the night is if I ask Sheena out, do you think she'd say yes? And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, That annoying guy who keeps trying to buy me a drink. She goes, Oh no, it's been like three or four guys tonight. And she goes, But like a classy lady, if he's hot, I'll send him your way. And I'm like, Please don't. I don't want to <laughs> meet a guy at Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant who recognizes me and just like, No, thank you. Uh oh. Oh, speaking of Tom Tom. Yeah,
1: John- Johnny's showing us a headline that says, <laughs> Sheena Shea gets cozy with Tom Tom employee Max Boyens. Is she still Adam Spot. Okay,
2: well, let me just say he's not just an employee. He is the general manager. He's the GM of Tom, he Tom, Tom Johnny. He runs Tom, Tom more than anyone. He keeps that place together. But um, we attended the Vanderpump Dog Gala together.
1: Sorry, the what?
2: <laughs> so Lisa Vanderpump has a rescue center, Vanderpump Dogs, but she also, all 100% of the proceeds go towards stopping the Yulin Dog Meat Festival in China. Okay. And to rescuing dogs and all of that. So she does a big event, a big gala every year, and, you know, 100% of the money they raise Do goes the dogs. Do the come dogs come to the
1: event? Yeah, they okay. they auctioned a little, off a couple dogs. Okay you know what i'm thinking right okay
2: adam (laughs) didn't want to go and max did so we went together we were sitting at the sur table were you getting cozy friends i mean yeah i'm a flirty person okay okay
1: johnny just close that computer us magazine
2: (laughs) so do you think you'll ever get married again Never say never. Okay. Not planning on it, but if it's the right person...
1: Season 10 is going to be my guess, guys. <laughs> saying.
2: Season 10. I think I'll have a kid before I get married.
1: Okay. That's a good plan, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Can you tell us anything about what to expect on season 7? Single Sheena. Lots of dates. Okay. Um, lots of tears. Um, some... New friendships that were, like, old friendships, and um you'll just see, like, a different side with me and the girls that I think you haven't seen in a really long time, which will be interesting. Um We go to Mexico. We did a girls' trip to Solvang. A lot of tequila, a lot of tequila. Where they have the pea wine. soup.
1: A lot of tequila, a lot of wine, a lot of yeah. pea soup. Anderson's and Pea Solvang. soup? Yeah, Wait. that's... Solving is known for its pea soup.
2: Um, no one told me that.
1: Yeah,
2: well. Well, I missed out. Time, now I'm going to have to go next back. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time we're there, it was like every Somali at the winery, they're like, Sheena, because I'm the only single one on the right. show. So they're like, Sheena. And they were like trying to set me up with these guys. I'm like, okay, you girls, do you not understand? Like, I don't do this. Like, I don't date. Like, if like I lived in Vegas for the first five months of the year. And that was where I kind of started dating for the first time. But it was also like, guys I met through friends in Vegas or like, and everyone in Vegas is in a show. And so it was like, it was really easy to date out there because we had a lot of stuff in common. Right,
1: like a family kind of, everybody. So tell us a little about that show. So it it was in Vegas. It's called Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man. That's just kind of why I have Johnny around. It was playing at the (laughs) Paris Hotel and Casino. Yes. Tell us a little bit about it. It sounds fascinating.
2: Oh, it was so much fun just seeing that photo makes me sad because it was like one of the best experiences of my life. It was at the perfect time. It was right as I'm going through my breakup with Rob. I got this opportunity, and I was just like, Yes. Like, I've never lived anywhere else. I'm from Southern California. I have no reason to move, ever. And when I got this opportunity, I was like, you know what? Like, I think I could go for a fresh start. And that completely just, like, jump-started me back and got my mojo and all of that. And it was um, an off-Broadway comedy, scripted, audience interactive we pulled up different audience members every night. I did eight shows a week. It was six nights a week. Wow. So I was working full time, which also kept me distracted. We were doing press all the time and going to events. I was flying to New York to do Watch What Happens Live and stuff. And it was such an amazing experience. I wanted to go back and do it again, but I know it wouldn't be the same because I'm at such a different place in my life right now. I'm right. Like. A year ago, I was planning to move. I was like, oh, my God, I'm moving in four weeks. And then it was like, now I've been back for four months. Like, right. it's crazy. Who was your co-star on that? Chester Lockhart and Chris Hodgson. Got it. Yeah.
1: Sex Tips for a Straight Women was not your first scripted thing. You had done other parts on TV shows, yes?
2: Correct. But I hadn't been on stage and done theater since, like, high school and college. So I did like a little bit of like sketch comedy and some improv things over the last 10 years. But that was like a one time thing. I hadn't ever in my life done a show six nights a week. We had two shows Fridays and Saturdays. So we're doing eight shows a week, six nights, working just full time. I had never done something like that. So I was really nervous going into it because I'm like, I'm used to being on camera. I'm used to being able to say things over. (laughs) Right. Cut. Let me do that again. You know, (laughs) like if you mess up, you can redo it when you're live on stage there's no redo you just gotta go with it and I was very impressed with myself at how quickly I was able to memorize everything and once I got more comfortable with the script like I would improv a little more but there was one night where I was trying to take what one of the audience members yelled out and like improv and I was like and then it oh and I was like oh my god oh my god what's my line where's my part and thankfully the guy opposite me just like said his next line and then I was like Okay, we're going to skip the last right. part and I'm back. But it was like after that one night, I was like traumatized to ever improv again. <laughs> but it was still early in the show and I got the hang of it more. But Do you love no that reason. high
1: of working in front of an audience? I mean, some people say it's really hard to ever go back because it's just so amazing to be up there and get that feeling that the audience is giving you.
2: It was amazing. Like I think out of – God, I don't even know how many hundred, two hundred shows we did – But there were, I think, maybe two or three nights that we just had a dead crowd. And we're like, okay, the writing's funny. We're funny. Like, why are you guys not laughing? But that was, like, literally, like, three out of 200 and something shows. So those nights were hard. But we decided after the first show we had like that, we're like, you know what? If we ever have another crowd like this, we're just going to entertain ourselves. And so then we started just adding things in, especially, (laughs) like, when our main stage manager was out of town and we had the sub filling in. We just did whatever we wanted and had just so much fun with it that we're like, whatever, if you're not gonna laugh, we're still gonna have a great time. We're, <laughs> we're still gonna entertain ourselves.
1: <laughs> so, Sheena, one of the things people always ask me is how do you know when it's time? How do you know when it's time to divorce? How do you know when it's time to break up? And you say you knew exactly when with Mike. Tell us some of the signs. And I I think I did see this episode and you had spoken to Lisa at the restaurant beforehand. Tell us some of the signs. Like, how did you know? I always tell people there's no lightning bolt that's going to come from the sky for you. Was it the bank account? Was it an Instagram? Was it a text message you saw?
2: So three months into the marriage, I found out he had a drug problem. That was something I was like, okay, we can get through this. We can work through this. Then right before our one-year anniversary, I found out that – and I just want to say for the record, I've never gone through someone's phone and I never will go through someone's phone. If you go through their phone and you're looking for something, you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. And if it's not what you're looking for, you're going to find something else. So never go through someone's phone. Let their private space be their private space. This was because he was stupid and had borrowed one of my sister's old iPhones and the iCloud was still synced to her computer Oh, because his phone was shipping or whatever and he needed a phone for a few days to hold him over. So I'm with my sister. We're just like shopping online and this like picture pops up on her iMessage and she just dismisses it. And I was like, that girl was cute. And I was like, who's that? I've never seen her. She's like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? She sent you a selfie. She's texting you. And she's like, it's probably one of Shay's friends. I'm like... What do you mean probably one of Shay's friends? Like, I've never seen that girl. And she was like, well, because he still has my phone, he never put his iCloud. She goes, so I get his messages all the time. I just ignore them. And I'm like, okay, well, now that it's been popped up in front of my face, open it up and let's see it. Right. So she opens it up. We could only scroll up so far because he had clearly been deleting the messages. And the first thing I see is you on top of me sounds really good right now. Oh. And he sent this to a random girl I've never heard of and never seen. So that was the moment where I was like, I want a divorce, dah, dah, dah. but that was just my anger, and that was my immediate reaction. I was like, okay, no, like we're not going to get divorced. We had also just started filming season four, and I had way too much pride to admit that that was what was really going on, so I kept it to only his addiction. and So that wasn't
1: on camera, that whole situation?
2: Not until after we got divorced. Got it. I kept that secret from most people. I just said that It was his addiction, and that was, like, the reason why we were having all of these issues, and I kept that other thing separate. And after another year, I was like, no, we can work through this. Like, it was nothing physical, though it was emotional. It was still hard for me. I still lost some trust in him. It. Completely ruined our sex life Because I was like Well I'm never getting on top again So (laughs) that sucks Because that's like My favorite position Right So after another year of that It was just Then money's going missing Then he's not coming home He's staying in the studio And then one night He just didn't come home at all And I have no idea where he is. We're calling hospitals, police stations, everywhere we can possibly think of. I have my friend sitting in rush hour traffic from Calabasas to pick me up because I can't even, like, function to try and go look for him. He, like, shows up at, like, 830 in the morning all disheveled. Said he had to walk home from Silver Lake because he didn't have any money. And he took the bus and this and that. It was just he locked his phone in the studio and his keys and the craziest story is that that was when I was kind of like. Oh, wait,
1: I have a thirteen-year-old son. This kind of sounds, except
2: for <laughs> coming home at eight in the morning. This sounds like some of the excuses I hear from him. I yeah. gotta get on his
1: phone, I think, to see what's happened. Can you go on your kid's phone? Is that allowed? Yes, okay. that's
2: allowed. Yeah, good. Definitely.
1: Good. Watch out, Luke Weber. I'm coming for you.
2: <laughs> but after that, that was when it, that was a huge like wake-up call for me, and I'm like, okay, things just still are not right. And then there was just more money missing, and. By the way,
1: folks, this is how you know. Like, the question, how do you know? uh If
2: this is happening, you know. This is,
1: I think, second only to when you walk in and your nanny's blowing your husband because your kids are asleep. Yeah. Because then you know, too. All right. But this this is kind of a conglomeration of things, and I'm thinking, like, red flag? Yeah. Yeah,
2: Many, many red flags. And I tried to just, you know... Keep forgiving. I'm like, no, for better or worse. I took those vows seriously, and I tried to make it work. And it frustrates me when people just see an edited version of the show, and they're like, "Oh, you gave up on your marriage, like just because he's an addict, he needed you, and you left him." And I'm like, you don't even know half the story. Right? Like, I was going to ask even that. Do you get
1: like people saying, "Girl, you oh, didn't, or or you absolutely. waited too long. How could you have let this happen?" You. Not,
2: I actually didn't get that. You
1: got more like because you're just the strong got one. All hate. Wow.
2: And so. After all of those things kept happening, I then – there was another time where he just didn't come home at all, didn't hear from him the next day. Uh, there was, like, a charge on the Amex, so I called Amex. I reported the credit card stolen. Mm. And then I didn't hear from him again the next day. He had stopped sharing his location with me. Finally, I get a hold of his brother, and he's like, he's fine. He's here with Mm. us. Like, you guys should talk. I'm like, he left. Like, he hasn't come back. Like, it's been three days now. It went ten days that we didn't talk, and I didn't see him. And in those ten days, I found out for a fact that, as he told me, he had been sober for like eight months now, I found out for a fact that he was buying Adderall from a friend of ours. And he was telling our friend that it was for someone else because my friend knew better than to sell him drugs. But he was like, dude, like downers are my thing. Like I don't like uppers. And he was like, oh, yeah, like Vicodin was your thing. So like he believed in that it was for like his bandmates to stay up late in the studio or whatever. Not that that's OK. But once I found this out, I just knew in my gut. I was like, it's not for someone. I I just knew. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give him one more chance. If he tells me the truth, that he's been buying drugs, that he's been taking them, and he tells me the truth, I will take every penny I have, put him in rehab, and support him because, again, for better or worse. Like, we took these vows. He has a problem that I can't fix, but I can try and support and be there for him. And so that moment on the couch when I asked I saw him, this
1: one and I was like, I know you're doing drugs and Mike say lied. He lied. To he said my this face. was his passion. That's why he was up all night, his passion.
2: And I was just like when See, I I was at
1: home talking to the yeah. T V like, Oh Mike
2: <laughs> So, in that moment when he was like, no, and I was like, okay, but have you bought them for anyone? Like, I'm giving him an out. Like, mm-hmm. have you bought them for someone else? Like, did you just pick up for a friend? Nope, nope, never, never. And I was like, and I want a divorce now. And that I was, there was no going back. Like, I knew he was lying in my face and I knew I could never trust him and I would never want to have kids with someone I could oh, never yeah. trust. So and, that was the moment. And she
1: was like, your room is really messy. Go get your shit. Oh my You're out. God.
2: It drove <laughs> me insane. I am such I'm a looking clean freak. I'm in the booth. He's just amazed I even ever saw oh this Oh, my show. God. <laughs> and then the song that use he uses, he's packing his suitcase and rolling it out. I like... know.
1: I know, it was very yeah, dramatic. it was. Cherie Morris is a divorce coach and contributor to It's Over Easy Insights blog, and she wrote about the subject of how you can tell in her article, Divorce Coach Confession, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Also a wonderful clash song. So Cherie <laughs> recommends considering the following six things as you decide whether to get divorced, and clearly, Sheena, you did not need to worry about these, but again, <laughs> some of them play in. So one is your finances. Do you know what they have owe, oh, make, and spend? Two, your children. Didn't have have any, so not an issue. How will this affect them? Three, your retirement. Again, I don't see that anytime soon for you, so not a big issue. No,
2: but I do have my own retirement account that he had no access to. No access to that. that.
1: So that, even if you get divorced, didn't matter. Yes. Your career, have you been working outside the home? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Five, your health and health care. How will any health issues be impacted by divorce? Well, it sounds like Mike probably has got some health issues that he'll have to deal with, but on his own. Yes. And you just got more healthy because... She did the divorce diet. She lost 10 pounds, and then she just put some muscle back on. I like that. Okay, and then six, your friends and family. Seems like everybody circled the wagons on the show, off the show. You seem like you're doing really well. Anything else you think other people that aren't in your world with the cameras, with the ability to kind of get on a plane and fly, for us mortals, tell us (laughs) what things you would recommend considering as your – making the decision whether to get out, how to proceed, how to go down that road?
2: I think just making sure that you do have a strong support system and that you're going to be okay on your own because you don't want to get divorced and then have to completely start over. I think just like having some sort of foundation already set up and just knowing that you have a strong support system is really important because for him, he had to move back home to his parents and he had to start all the way over. So I don't think he thought about that when he was doing what he was doing up all night.
1: Right. And again, as you said... He wasn't honest. And Mm -hmm. honesty is so important in any relationship. And so now, let's be honest here. Okay. This is when you answer the divorce sucks interrogatories. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. So we know you divorced in 2015. You dated and famously dumped Rob Valletta. Are you single or dating someone now?
2: Okay. Well, let me just back it up and say he dumped me. Okay. And in episode one, you will find out how. Okay. And I haven't seen the episode yet, but I did an interview and they were like, Oh, my God. They're like, so you telling the story about the breakup? And I was like, yes, it made it in. It's so good. (laughs) I mean, I guess I could just tell you. It's not a spoiler alert. It was a fantasy football draft. Okay. So he has me come over. And <laughs> I'm literally sitting there for like two and a half hours watching him pick his team. Just playing with the dog, just like waiting because he said, you know, the four words, we need to talk.
1: Were there potato skins or pigs in blankets? No, 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 no snacks, no snacks, just oh, him, okay. a laptop
2: and silence and a dog. OK. And so after this, he this <laughs> sounds like Jeff's kind of a night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after he picks his team. Um, he says, you know, this isn't really working out for him. He couldn't have told you that at the beginning. (laughs) So I've just like made the joke when I tell this story now and I'm like, and I didn't make the team, I didn't make the cut. I was traded into single life, (laughs) but yeah, like you couldn't have just told me first, but it was like, no, the draft was starting right as I walked in. So I had to wait. Until oh my God. I love this over.
1: guy. Okay.
2: <laughs> but yes, I am dating.
1: But you can't tell too. No.
2: no, because we have like 25 episodes okay. coming up. So, so you guys just have
1: to watch. Okay. Yeah. But you're happy. You're yeah, dating I'm and you're happy. Very happy. Okay. What is your favorite breakup song?
2: Mine. It's called Better Without You. It'll be out soon. I don't need a man to validate my life. No. no, 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 no. I'm right bottom, but I'm doing fine.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> and what would you say to cheer someone else up that was going through a breakup, girlfriend, boyfriend? Like, how do you? What you know? What gets them through it?
2: Um, girls' nights I've learned help so much. When I was in a relationship, I hated girls' nights. I always wanted my significant other there, but after being single for the past year and just getting through the breakup with Rob, like. I really love my girl time now. And I get so annoyed when they bring their boyfriends. I'm like, I thought this was a girl's night. And they're like, now Sheena wants girl's nights? Like, what is this? So I think that's definitely important. And just making sure you don't lose focus on yourself. You know, like working out releases endorphins. Like, even if I was having a really shitty day and I didn't feel like going to the gym, I know that after that one hour, I'm going to feel Feel a lot better. better. Yeah,
1: I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. What romantic comedy could you just watch over and over?
2: Um, going through the breakups, I watched How to Be Single a lot. Who's in that? It's, uh, Jennifer Goodwin. There's a bunch of people in it. Right, right. I
1: know it. Okay. Yeah. I get it confused. Rebel Wilson. He's just not that into you, but Rebel Wilson. Oh my God,
2: I just watched that like two nights ago. That's another good one.
1: Johnny's telling us who's in it.
2: Oh, Dakota Johnson. Yes. Oh wait, no. See, I was thinking of Jennifer Goodwin's in...
1: Yeah, and he's just he's not, just that, not into that into you. you. Yeah. Which I love. That was a great Yeah, Dakota cast Johnson.
2: Too. That's what I was thinking of.
1: Sheena, thank you so much for being here today on Divorce Sex. Tell us how we can reach out to you, how we can find you, and what we should be looking for over the next few months.
2: Thanks. Um well I'm at Sheena S C H E A N A on all social medias. I'm really big on Snapchat. I love that. I'm trying to get better with Insta stories because I have over a mil there, so that's where my bigger audience is. New episodes of Shenanigans here at podcast one every Tuesday. I'm recording an EP right now that will will be out in March and new episodes of Vanderpump Rules starting in one week, December 3rd.
1: Very exciting. Only by Bravo. Only by Bravo. Thank you so much for being here. Loved having you. You are awesome. And take it easy. Awesome. Thanks. You too. People might watch reality television or what they see played out on media outlets and get ideas. We might be more anesthetized to divorce or bad behavior now because of what we see on TV or postings on TMZ. But heartache is heartache. And sometimes there's nothing better than having a shoulder to cry on and people with whom you can share your experiences. That's the community that you're now a part of. Have a question about something you heard today or is there something you want to hear more about? Check out our Insights blog at itsovereasy.com and if you need post-breakup referrals or someone to share your story with, click the Community tab on itsovereasy.com to find all the ways you can stay connected with us, your divorce disruptors. Thank you so much for listening today. You know where to find us and we'll be back next Monday with a fresh new episode of Divorce Sucks hosted by me, Laura Wasser.